Welcome to the very first episode of the Art of Life podcast. I am your host, Matt Ian, aka the Koi Fish Prophet, the Sensitive Sensei, the man of a thousand nicknames. Thank you all for tuning in today. I am making an educated guess that either you're one of my friends or family or that you follow me on Instagram or TikTok. I make an educated guess because I don't make assumptions. I hope you guys get that reference. Um, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. In the last year, I kind of um, blew up on social media, not in like a huge capacity, but I went from, you know, in the span of less than a year, you know, 3,000 followers to now almost 45,000 followers. And the reason that happened was my life changed a lot. Um, I moved to Vancouver in March of 2022. So March will be th uh, two years since I've been in Vancouver. And I've always done, you know, I've been a full-time Muay Thai coach, striking coach. And when I lived in Toronto and Costa Rica, it was quite easy for me to get clients. I think everyone kind of knew who I was. Uh, I'd been living there for a decent amount of time, or at least in Costa Rica, it was very small. When I moved to Vancouver, I was having a really hard time getting private clients, um, which is natural because nobody knew who I was. And there is a huge amount of competition uh, in this city. So what I decided to do is I truly believe I'm one of the best in the world at what I do. And that doesn't mean that I'm Trevor Whitman or Dwayne Ludwig or any one of these incredible coaches. I think I'm on my way to being that. But I do think I'm one of the best in the world at showing people and understanding the biomechanics of the human body, making it digestible and understandable, and prescribing the correct drills so people can get good technique. Um, so I do believe that about myself. Um, maybe it's delusional, but it is a self-serving belief, which we'll get into another episode of the podcast at some point. Um, and I needed a place to showcase that because the reality was I was working at a gym downtown. The most my class had were 40 people. Um, so it's hard to kind of transition that into private. You can do it, but I needed to get more eyes on me. And I thought, okay, if I believe I'm one of the best in the world, I need more eyes on me. What is the best way to do this? So I started recording my classes. One of the reasons I did that was because it allowed me to watch myself teach to see the words I'm repeating, to, to, to watch from like an outside viewer to see if I was taking my class, what I liked and didn't like and become better. And two, it allowed me to create content to showcase my skill set to a larger audience with the goal being to get more clients, you know, to make a living doing this coaching because that's what I love to do. Now, what I did not recognize is how quickly it would be. I went from 3,000 to 25,000 in the span of a couple months, like exponential. And people were hitting me up for privates. The thing about social media is it is worldwide. So people were hitting me up for privates that were in Australia, in UK, you know, back home in Toronto, didn't realize I had been moving around. So uh, it didn't exactly translate, but I did really like making the content. And the content I make is very martial arts based. It's very Muay Thai and striking based, but it's the information I wish I had access to when I was up and coming. But that shift in content and that blow up really changed what the platform was for me. Instagram used to be a diary, like a public diary. It wouldn't be like my deepest, darkest thoughts, but it would be sharing my wins and my losses, sharing the things I was thinking about. Um, and there's two reasons for that. One of them was it was a good creative outlet for me. It would force me to think because, you know, there is pressure that I want to post. What am I, what's going on in my life? And I would philosophize my life and romanticize my life, which I think was very self-serving. 
And two, I was also doing it for other people because, you know, it didn't happen a lot, but occasionally people would, would message me like, yo, those captions, man, that really helped me. And, and that really lines up with my purpose and vision in life. And I know up and coming in this game, it's, it's a hard game, the martial arts game, especially making a career doing it, um, fighting or not fighting, you know, coaching, whatever it is, it can be a hard game. And there was a lot of people I looked up to and I was so hard on myself for all my failures. I was so hard on myself for wanting to give up for, you know, the way I was feeling, thinking that these men that I wanted to be like didn't feel that way. And as I progressed through the game and the industry and, you know, these people I looked up to became my peers and my friends, I realized, oh, shit, like we're the same. Like when I felt that way, I felt so alone and down on myself for feeling that way. You felt that way, too. And so it's a really interesting dynamic where I'm trying to build a mystique about myself because I want the attention and I want to be able to use that attention to help people and inspire and empower them. And I also want to be relatable. I'm not to be on social media lying like um, social media can be such an interesting thing because we share our best selves, which is human nature. Right. But I remember when I was living in Costa Rica, you know, I had a great time in Costa Rica was life changing and a very important time in my life. But it was also the brink of like an existential crisis. And I was like living life wild and had some really dark days out there. Well, it seemed on social media like I was living my best life. And on paper, it was like I was surfing, I was training, I was coaching, I was a tour guide. But what was going on in my head and my heart and like, I had this dream, this five year plan to open a gym in 2020. That was the dream. That's why the merch came out. Like when you know that in hindsight, everything I was doing up until 2020 made a lot of sense. And then COVID happens. And it was kind of like, fuck, I don't know if I want this anymore. I don't know if I need to, to pursue this. And it's kind of this like, oh, that was always the goal. Now what do I do? And so I sold everything and moved to Costa Rica because I just kind of wanted to surf and, you know, hang out and train and like live this slower lifestyle and realize I might not be built for this lifestyle, at least not yet. And that it was a, a really hard time. So this podcast is really the birth of like, I want to bring my content back to what it was, but I also see that I'm serving people with the martial arts content. I do do my monthly recaps where I kind of share a little bit about my life, what's going on. Because again, I'm not just this dude on a screen. I'm a person. I feel things. I feel a lot of things. That's why they call me the sensitive sensei. I think a lot and I want to share that with the world. And I think I have some really valuable insights. I think I've had, you know, a really difficult life up until now. And I'm also very blessed. And my life's been difficult in ways that are not super common, you know, uh, two-time liver transplant. I live with Crohn's. I have kidney disease. I have a whole lot of health issues. And... I never let diagnosis be an excuse. And I think that's so empowering. I wish I had someone like that when I was coming up, dealing with my illness, talking to those people to inspire me to realize like, man, like, okay, these are your circumstances, but this is still your only damn life. And like, make sure you do something you love. Like, uh, same, I talk about in fighting all the time, risk mitigation. That's what life is about. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't get tattooed, but that's really important to me. Maybe, I definitely shouldn't have fought. No doctor thought I should fight. But that was so important to me and how it felt to, you know, fight in a stadium and like get cheered on by people I was training with in my camp and like being able to like prove myself because that came also from a place of insecurity where I was like, I don't, I've been doing this my whole life. I don't know if I know how to fight. You know, there was always that self-doubt, but like I went and did it in a stadium and realized like, okay, yeah, I do know kind of how to fight. I also realized I sucked and had a lot of work on, um, but that was so important.
I think uh, today's podcast, I am rambling quite a bit, but today's podcast is really going to be a lot about social media and its impact on the world. We are the first generation of cyborgs. If you really think about it, what's a cyborg? It's someone that is half human, half machine. Well, we are half human, half machine. We're just like, our phones are not actually connected to us, but they're in our pockets and we have access to the internet. And the internet is all the data of mankind, basically, right? Where everyone has a voice, everyone has a platform, which I think is awesome. I think that is a really good thing. Um, but I do really believe in the idea of like equivalent exchange that like for every good, there is bad for every bad, there is good. And there is a downside to all of us having a voice. I think it is worth it. I think it is a great thing. I believe in free speech, but I do also believe that if everyone, you know, has a platform, there is a lot of bad information out there. There's a lot of bad information and maybe I've posted bad information. So there's like two parts of me, right? Because I see, I mean, my algorithm's very in line with fighting and fitness and mindset stuff. And a lot of the fitness stuff, particularly some of the martial arts stuff, some of the dudes that are commenting on my videos telling me I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I look and I'm like, holy smokes, like the delusion that they have. And they're giving information and they're speaking quietly and confidently to others that, oh, I'm going to listen to this person and maybe get hurt. Right now, in today's day and age, more than ever, discernment is what's important. Right? It's it's the no longer the age of information, but rather the age of filtering information. And that's why I also want to be a human being to you all because I am putting out constant information, and I accept that I might be wrong. This is why I believe what I believe, and I'll always like tell you. There's never anything I believe in this world that I believe for no reason because someone told me. It's because I've thought about it. And I recognize that I can be wrong and I'm a human being and we all can be wrong. And when I was talking about the two parts of me, because I see some up and coming coaches doing some stuff where I'm just like, oh, you're injuring your clients or like they're spending a lot of money and you are wasting their time. And there's a part of me that recognizes that 10 years ago when I got in the game, I was doing the same things they are. Um, so both have to exist, right? And that puts the responsibility and onus on us, right? Like radical self-accountability where like, I need to believe in my judgment and my ability to do research and discern which data is relevant to me. The same is true with mindset advice, right? Like if I want to give you some mindset advice, the same advice is not good for everyone. Like that famous advice, like live every last, every day, like it's your last is great advice for most people. That was never the advice I need to leave. I needed to learn like, Hey, you know, if the plan is to die, what happens if you don't die, right? So like the same is true for fitness, the same is true for martial arts. We are all different, all different lifestyles, all different body types. So not all the advice is good for everyone. And we fall into these tribal camps on social media. At the end of the day, there are pros and cons, right? In the last month, two people from my childhood because of Instagram have come back into my life. And if you're listening to this, shout out KK, shout out Phil. So Someone hit me up on Instagram. It's a dude I follow who follows me back. And like, it's kind of an anonymous page. It's like a clothing brand. And he's like, yo, I'm coming to Vancouver. Let's kick it. And I was like, cool. Who is this? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's such and such. We went to elementary school together. Went to high school together. I'm going to be in Vancouver. I would love to come take your class. We ended up going for sushi and catching up. And that was super cool. That was super cool to like, to one, show off like how far I've come. Because who I was when I was a kid was insecure, overweight, scared of the world. To like now, you know, a martial arts instructor who's well known and well inspect, well respected, and loves what I do. Like 
that was cool to show off. And the other was uh, a friend of mine, Phil. So this is crazy. It was not even because of Instagram. It was because of an Instagram ad. I got an ad about a show that was coming to the Cobalt downtown Vancouver. And I was like, this dude looks familiar. And I started looking. I was like, oh, my God, that's like one of my childhood friends. You know, we were friends, childhood, teenage friends. And so I hit him up. I was like, yo, are you coming to Vancouver? He's like, I didn't know you lived in Vancouver. He's like, it looks like you live all over the world. I was like, no, I've been based in Vancouver for a while. Uh, send me the details. I'm coming to your show. He's like, why don't you meet us for dinner? So I ended up going for dinner with him and catching up with him. And funny enough, these guys are now making a living off their art, which I love and respect and want to support. But not just that, I watched them perform in high school. Like that's how long they've been at their craft, right? In high school, I watched them play and I graduated in 2011. Not that I'm aging myself, you know, 2023, I watched them perform at a bar and like making a living doing their art. And I think that's so rad, right? So I think. I'm saying I think a lot, but social media is a powerful, powerful tool, but it is sharp, a sharp knife you can cut yourself with, right? Like comparison is the thief of joy. And remember, like in life in general, we compare our thoughts and feelings to everyone else's actions and what we see on social media it gets even worse. We compare our thoughts and how we feel to their best version and victories of themselves, right? That can be really dangerous and that can cost you a lot of happiness. Um, Joe Rogan talks about it where he goes, it's a tool, right? If I give you a hammer, you can build a house with it. You can hit yourself repeatedly in the dick. Like It doesn't make the hammer bad. I think that analogy is so funny. It doesn't make the hammer bad. It doesn't make social media bad. It is a tool we need to learn to understand how to use it, right? And that's where discipline and self-monitoring comes in. The world is in immense pain right now. There is war-torn, COVID just kind of wrapped up. And, you know, I know I, my life got flipped upside down. I lost so much as a byproduct of that pandemic that the world's in a lot of pain. And so that's coming even worse. You know, like that comparison, um, we're, it's just a really tough time, which is, again, one of the reasons why I'm starting this podcast. The, the last thing I really want to get into is some mindset stuff right? Some mindset stuff. I know like the last couple of years have been hard for me. I know a lot of people around me are going through it. And something I tell myself all the time, and it's easy to say, but the worst things that ever happened to me in hindsight have become the best, right? Like getting ill as, as a young adult is one of the most painful and excruciating and uncomfortable experiences of my life. I missed out on a lot right? Needing a liver transplant, being told I had six months to live, you know, when I was 16, like, that's not really a man yet. Like, I became a man at that moment. But that was brutal and so difficult and felt so unfair. But now I can look back, you know, 13 years later, and be like, Oh, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I've really learned like, Oh, I'm not invincible. My time here is very limited. And goddamn, I don't have time to, to spend wasting like doing nonsense if i'm either so like my ethos is enjoy yourself improve yourself make the world a better place these are the three things that all my time is being spent doing and i check in with myself you know sometimes i sleep in and i'm like oh am i enjoying myself not really but i am improving myself because i've been lacking on sleep and i need this rest or like i'm out for drinks with someone or coffee and we're chatting and i i will ask myself i'll check in like am i enjoying myself Maybe not, but I'm improving myself in some capacity or conversation. Or like maybe we're talking straight nonsense. I'm not improving myself. 
Uh, I'm not making the world a better place, but I'm laughing and I'm enjoying myself. And that's how I want to always spend every moment of this life that I have because time is so, so precious. So I think that's a really important mindset to get. And what I want to leave you with too as well is the difference between an excuse and a reason. An excuse is a reason that justifies you to not show up. That's how I look at it, right? So um, diagnosis is so important, right? Like I personally have been diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD. Now, diagnosis is the reason. It is not my excuse, right? It's very easy. Like that's something I learned when I was ill. It's very easy to be like dismissed to show up powerfully when people give you an, a, an excuse like, hey, Matt had two liver transplants. Like he doesn't really got it, you know? And so I check in with myself, like, am I using this as an excuse or is it a reason, right? Like I forgot something. Yeah, maybe it's true that I have ADHD and I'm dyslexic and I've been hit in the head a lot, but th that's, I'm not using it as an excuse. It's a reason. And I know that for myself. And so I build systems around the diagnosis, around what, what could be an excuse to create reasons. So I journal every morning and I journal every evening. I have a journal with prompts. So I plan my day the night before. And then there's a few prompts of questions about like something I can look forward to, someone I can acknowledge, which is if you get like a text from me saying, hey man, I love you. Or like, hey, I really appreciate such and such. It's because I had a prompt in my journal. And at the end of my day, I do a recap of my day. I remember like a moment I really enjoyed. I remember something I could have done better, how I could have connected to people more. And then there's like six or seven um, things I rate myself on a scale of one to five. And I keep track and I'm like, okay, well, well you know, uh, my influence on other people is really good, but like, I wasn't super productive or vice versa. And so I, I have things to constantly work for. It's data, right? And that's, that's a really important marker I think we need in our life. The difference between excuses and reasons. And um, a short episode today, the really last thing I want to leave you with is just do it. Just show up. That's like 80% of life is just showing up. Starting this podcast is kind of scary and I'm kind of nervous. And I don't know if anyone's going to listen or if it's going to blow up or if I said something that's going to piss someone off and it's going to get me canceled. But at the end of the day, I felt called to do this. So I'm going to try. You know, I'm bare bones. I don't even have uh, headphones in, so I don't know how this sounds. I'm going to listen to it. I might have just rambled on for 20 minutes for no reason. I have a lav mic that I use for my Instagram content. I have a microphone set up. I have my iPad here with some notes about, you know, scattered random notes about things I wanted to talk about. And I have a camera set up so I can like clip and, and throw some stuff. Just show up, do it. Hey, you want to go to that martial arts class? It's scary. I can tell you 95% of martial arts gyms will welcome you, keep you safe. You just show up. And if you don't like it, you showed up. You know, what did you lose? An hour of your time? A lot even give you free classes. You want to go to a dance class. You want to start a podcast, an Instagram page, whatever. You want to ask that person out? Don't be creepy. Don't be a stalker. <laughs> but ask them out. It's the worst that can happen, realistically. Like, unless it's a, a risk of, like, your profession, like, risk-reward always. But for the most part, a lot of the times, like, just trying things. And one of the powerful ways you can do that is, again, that reasons versus excuses. Replace your language from but and use the word and. Oh, like, I really want to be a fighter, but I have health issues. And, you know, I've had two liver transplants. Or I looked at it as like, hey, I really want to fight. And I've had two liver transplants and I have some health issues and I'll deal with that. But I'm going to fight. And just that one word, three words, the language, it's like one syllable, I think. But, and, 
and how powerful that change in our language can really be to completely, you know, change our mindset. And and mindset is something we're going to talk a lot about on the Art of Life podcast. Um, just going to finish off with that. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And please do me a favor. If you can rate this five stars, if you enjoyed the podcast, that's going to help me immensely. You can DM me on Instagram. Uh, If you have any comments, questions, concerns, things you want me to talk about on the podcast, I would love to hear your feedback. I appreciate you guys very, very much. And I will see you guys next week. I realized that I did, in fact, just sign off. But the plan for the podcast was always to end every episode with a quote that I found a lot of value in at some point in my life or that I discovered recently. I just really wanted to end the podcast with a quote. And this is one of my favorite quotes that has had a severe impact on my life on the idea of being decided. You know, Nietzsche talks about being decided. You you need to make decisions in life. And now more than ever, there are more options. It's easy to get paralyzed by all the choices. But when you just decide and you go, there's freedom to that, right? If you sit on the fence too long, you risk getting impaled by it. So this is a little bit of a long quote. It's by Sylvia Plath in her book, The Bell Jar. I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband and a happy home and children. Another fig was a famous poet. And another fig was a brilliant professor. And another fig was E.G., the amazing editor. Another fig was Europe and Africa and South America. And another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat profession. And above and beyond these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest. As I sat there, unable to decide, the figs began to wrinkle and go black, and one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet.